Hey, Reese, Bips, put the game on, man. I'm trying to see what Luca and them boys going to do tonight, man. Mavs outside this podcast. Y'all know what time it is. Ladies and gentlemen, children's and creatures alike. Welcome back to another edition of the Mavs Outsiders Podcast, the very first post-Kyrie Irving Mavs Outsiders Podcast episode. I'm one half of your host, Maurice Williams, a.k.a. Mind of Reese. Mind of Reese on Instagram, Mind of Reese Reviews on TikTok, and M of R25 on Twitter. Joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Michael Bivens. Excuse me, aka Bibbs at Bibbs Corner on Twitter. The Have You Seen podcast, wherever you find your podcast content for you movie fans out there and TV t- fans of television. <laughs> um, and make sure to check out the BibbsCorner.com website. I see you rocking your uh your South Carolina Gamecocks hoodie, uh Gamecocks gear. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure y'all got that W because when I checked the score, it wasn't close. So. Got to. Uh, yeah, the uh, LSU came in, you know, Angel Reese, you know, she's from Baltimore, so I can't hate her but so much. Uh, I knew she was going to be trying to talk, but she was blocked. She got a block down like 18 and said, get that shit out of here. And I was like, you, you got to shut the fuck up. Like, you, you get your ass clapped. It's like that 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 Chris Paul joint. Chris Paul makes a three to take the lead down to 42. And it was funny because she got a shot blocked twice on the other end right after that. Like, it was, it was good times in uh, in in, in some Columbia. I tried to go to the game. I looked at the ticket prices and said, you know what, y'all got it. Because um, Dawn sells that arena out. And them tickets was going, them prices was looking kind of crazy for for. Uh, last minute purchase, so I couldn't do it to myself. Couldn't do it to myself, but yeah, uh, we we remain undefeated. LSU no longer among the undefeated, and they ended Angel Reese's uh double double streak. So she had 23 in a row coming in. Thought it was weird that they are they were the only two undefeated teams left. Yeah, LSU was three and South Carolina was one. So who the hell was number two? LSU hasn't played anybody. Um, I think Stanford's number two. Okay, and I think they have two losses, but one of their losses was to us, and it was like a close game. So, okay, uh, but yeah, LSU hadn't played anybody, so that's why people were saying they weren't even a one seed, even though they were undefeated uh, for the NCAA tournament. Yikes! Okay, I think that's kind of ridiculous. And I that's think a, that's ridiculous. Actually. I mean, they got clapped today, but like it was, they gave us a fight for a little while. They didn't go, they didn't just roll over like people must have thought they were. Um, and they have two elite players, so I don't I don't understand why they being so hard on them personally, but whatever. Well, uh, that's only a portion of the basketball we have to talk about today. Uh, as you all know, obviously, Kyrie Irving is now officially a Dallas Maverick. He has played three games for the team since the last time we did the pod. Um, we have not. We have not done a game recap since he has been a member of the team because the NBA decided we haven't done a game recap. We did one Monday. He didn't play Monday. All right. 
we have not done one since he's been a member of the team because the NBA decided that all three Mavs games were going to be at 10 fucking p.m. So thanks for that. But um, <clears throat> we're not going to go in depth and do game recaps for each game. Y'all are fucking crazy. Uh, to be quite honest, the way things were going, if you wanted to know our thoughts on the game, you could really check Twitter. Because uh, I know Bibbs was live tweeting both games. I live tweeted the first half of the Clippers game. And I was live tweeting the game yesterday. I think, yeah, I don't think I live tweeted the game from Friday. Um, Luca did not join the team until yesterday. It's a Saturday game, the second half of the back-to-back against the Sacramento Kings. Obviously, there were differences between Kyrie leading the team and Kyrie and Luca leading together. Thoughts and dip. Well. Thoughts on, let's stick to the Sacramento games. Thoughts on the two Sacramento games and the differences between just Kyrie and having both Luka and Kyrie out there. Um, well, if we're sticking to that particular piece of the, of the, the action, uh, what I expected to see is what happened. Uh, first game, Kyrie, I thought was deferring more than I anticipated. Um, and I don't know if he looked tired. But he might have looked tired at certain points, like, damn, I got to come get the ball again. Like, none of y'all motherfuckers can, can dribble. Like, that's that's what we do. All right, I'll, I'll come get it, I guess. Shit. Um, and then in the second game with Luca, uh, a lot of overpassing for both of them. Um, I appreciate that Kyrie isn't coming in trying to do whatever, which I didn't think he would anyway. Um, but Luca, I think, overcorrecting at certain points with trying to get people involved and stuff like that um uh one play in particular i i i i, I uh, put it on reggie bullock on the timeline and people got mad at me but luca drove to the paint and had a layup i thought and then kicked it to the corner for reggie bullock i think it was the end of the game the last play he had a layup yeah. in my opinion but he kicked it to the corner uh i don't know if he didn't know the time or maybe reggie bullock didn't know the time but reggie didn't put the shot up immediately didn't have to force up an uglier one and that was that but just plays like that kind of that was kind of a, a microcosm of what was happening all night is just too much, too much sharing of the basketball. But overall, I think I saw enough to know that that last those last 20 games or so are we're going to we're going to start to see it click, I think. And uh, having another guy that can do the impossible is going to make us that much more deadly. Yeah, you kind of saw it saw it at the end of the game yesterday just Kyrie going on a run taking over making unbelievable shots like that I think that fucking floater that he had uh left hand like going the left hand (laughs) even going back to the Clippers game that that shot he had that layup he had um with his left over Kawhi just hanging in the air for a Jordan-esque amount of time. Yeah, it's, this it was this last one to spin the way he got his body under control before he jumped and then was falling away. A left hand off the left side of the glass, like the angles and whatnot. You're not supposed to be able to do stuff like that. You're not a human body ain't supposed to be able to move like that. Um, yeah. Uh, obviously, I agree with you on the um, basically too much ball movement. Um, I saw that was the case last night and even somewhat before Luca got there. I guess Kyrie was trying to 
build chemistry with the other guys or endear himself to the other guys. And there's times when I'm like, hey, man, just take over. Do your thing. Like, obviously, we would never, well, not never, but the Mavs were leading wire to wire. And I believe both of those, the Clippers and Kings games, but especially last night, I remember a specific play. Uh, Josh Green, I believe, caught the ball in the corner. He was open. A guy was closing out, but he was going to have time to get a shot off before the guy closed out and got a good enough contest on the shot. And he just swung it. And I'm like, bro, get the ball up. Like sometimes swinging the ball too much can be a bad thing. There was one damn play where he didn't shoot the ball. and He was open at the three point line and drove it. Thank God for an and one. But I'm just like, bro, what? Just shoot the damn ball. You get the ball, you open, shoot it. Thank God he got the and one because Josh Green is him. But, uh, yeah, uh, a bit too much ball movement. Um, obviously, there was moments of Luka just standing around, but you're going to get that, I think, in the beginning. I'm not – I don't – I haven't seen anyone do it <clears throat> except for the last shot of the game, which is a bit unacceptable, but – um, for majority of the game, it's like I haven't really seen anyone getting on Luke as far as, hey, you got to do this, you got to do that. I don't think anyone expects him to adjust right away. Uh, I think that's unrealistic, but I do agree that with these games left, I think they're going to click by the time the playoffs come. I think they're going to figure something out by the time the playoffs come, and I think it has a lot to do with the fact that Kyrie has kind of already adjusted. Would you agree with that? I think he's adjusting faster than Luca is because he's used to playing off ball. I mean, it's not even as much as the the off ball on ball stuff for me. It's just a matter of we got this new guy and everybody wants to, you know, everybody wants to, like you said, endear themselves to him. And the basketball is not happening as naturally. I would say Josh probably is the only player that looked like he was playing his normal game, if you will. I mean, it's very abnormal (laughs) compared to what he came into the season as. But as far as doing the things that he usually does, like it's not I don't see him doing anything different. No, um, and I guess the game is simple as well. So I was going to I mean, his game is more complex than some of the other dudes, like whereas. I, if Reggie gets an open shot and, and turns it down, I'm pissed because that's literally all he does. Yeah, I can't be a, like, I'm not immediately mad at Josh because he can put it on the floor, get it to the middle of the floor, maybe get somebody else a better shot. I notice he passes up shots if he thinks a better shooter is open. Like If he's open and then he sees Kyrie there, he's going to give it to Kyrie. Or if he sees Reggie Bullock open, he's going to give it to Reggie Bullock. I think there was one where I was mad at him for not shooting it. But otherwise, if he pump fakes and puts it on the floor i'm not mad at that necessarily um because putting that pressure on the rim adds another dimension to his game it gives the, the defense something to react to and uh his getting to the free throw line i think is going to be big and exploding his game to that that next level where maybe he can be a 15 point plus per game guy on a regular basis if he's hitting two threes getting to the line four or five times a night like you're baseline is 10 and then from there make another shot you will look 12 make another shot 13 you know stuff like that so um yeah i i'm very happy with where josh is and all this and i'm curious what the rotations are about to look like uh here in a second because kid is still playing games in my opinion 
Um, I feel like I'm about to owe you $20, which is fine with me. Uh, I'm perfectly okay with that. <laughs> um, but kid is playing games with these rotations because, bro, I'm, can we stop with the Theo Pinson shit? Like, come on, man. Like, I don't mean no disrespect. I know we joke a lot when we come on here and say this shit, but the dude's not a basket. He's not an NBA player, bro. Like, not enough to be getting the fucking minutes that he's getting. Like, we got to cut this shit out. The, the the offense, the basketball play on this team never looks positive when he's on the fucking court. The whole flow is fucked up. His what demeanor do do? his demeanor is so casual. Like, Why does he bring... Why is... Why are there moments where he's bringing the ball up and initiating offense? Why why was I watching a game yesterday and he got the ball and isolated somebody and shot a three? Like, what are we doing, man? What This is Theo Pinson we talking about. Yet Markeith Morris is sitting on the bench. And that was the thing. Uh, they mentioned in the press conference that Kid said that Markeith hasn't gotten any minutes because we have too many bigs. But then he's playing Theo Pinson at the four and five. Like, what, what, what the hell are we doing? I just, I hope we get someone in the buyout market because I'm, I'm hoping that means Pinson minutes goes back down to zero. I hope it doesn't take that because I don't, I don't see what he's adding to the game. I would much rather see Frank Nelikina get all of Theo Pinson minutes, and he's a bump too, but he's more reliable and he's more of a positive than fucking Pinson is. Here's the thing, Theo, a guy like Theo, you would expect to be grinding, like locked in doing whatever it takes and he has made some hustle plays i have to give him that he's made some hustle plays here and there but for every hustle play he makes he looks like that dude with all the gear on at the rec center that you hate playing with because you know he's taking every shot and he thinks he's lebron james and it's annoying like i like guarding that dude because i like making him look stupid might but, make you it's gonna make you look like an all world defender out there, right? Like, I, I know dude. it's gonna be all clamp mode because he just gonna throw up a bunch of bricks and think he did some shit or talk about uh how he got fouled and you know uh his teammates gotta move and you know just complain about stuff that ain't real. But I don't know what the fuck Theo be doing, he be directing traffic like he cleared out dudes for the ISO. Like, if I see Theo waving his arm, I'm pissed. Like, no, that's I'm not gonna you. get the ball, that's not you. Like, what you doing? What is he? More than a podcaster. All right, moving on. So, um, <laughs> so the Mavericks finished the week three and one, which is fantastic. I think I predicted two and two. I, I believe I did. Um, three and one is great. Uh, I believe the next eight of our nine games are at home. Looks about right. Yeah, uh, we play very well at home. So that is, look, as far as seeding goes, for seeding purposes, that's a wonderful look for us. We just have to capitalize. Uh, the schedule doesn't necessarily get any get much easier in terms of the competition we're facing uh, last time I checked. But being at home is much better than being on the road for that stint. So I'm uh, looking forward to see how this team continues to gel together uh, after the All-Star break. I'm looking forward to seeing if we get Maxi back, how he fits into the team. Um, I'm looking to another thing. Kyrie Irving has somehow used wizardry to unlock 
something in JaVale McGee that we have not seen all season. It's like he's he, he in the beginning, he's like, oh, man, this is just JaVale McGee. We thought we signed. And then, like, after a few minutes, it's like, oh, this is why dude been sitting on the bench. I don't know what to make of it. Uh, around the trade deadline, I said, man, if JaVale McGee can somehow become the player we thought we were signing, we'll unlock something completely different in this team because we need a goddamn rim protector. And that showed last night against the fucking Sacramento Kings because DeMontis Sabonis was a man down low on the boards and in the paint. Bully. Bully. We we damn near lost that game at the end because we couldn't get fucking rebounds. If JaVale McGee had been in, would he have gotten a rebound? Who knows? But I put my money on JaVale getting a rebound over the white pop. JaVale McGee is a problem for many reasons. Like you said, he'll have two, three minute spurt where he looks like the exact type of player we need. Yeah. Grabbing rebounds at the high point, catching lob dunks, blocking shots. But then he just do a bunch of goofy shit right after. And it's like, I need that good JaVale. And he's too old for this. He's too old for this. He still plays like he did. I think Kirk said it. He still plays like he did when he was a rookie. It's like you you remember why he's in the shack in the full Hall of Fame. Yeah. He he can't just relax, know that he's been in the game for a long time, know how the game flows and ebbs. He he does one goofy thing and then he just compounds it with another goofy thing, and then you you gotta take him out. And because of that, it puts me in a tough position for what we have to do here later today because I don't want to have to do certain things, but I feel like we have to do certain things, if that makes sense. Well, it'll make sense later when we get into it. Well, not even later. I was actually going to go okay. right into that. Uh, you segue perfectly. What Bibbs is alluding to is I text him. I told him, hey, give me three to five names that are on the buyout market and make a list like for the players you want the Mavs to get. Now we don't, we have an idea of who's going to be on the buyout market, but there's not a legit list. It's just rumors. Now there have been guys who have already been bought out and we already know most likely, well, likely what teams they are going to, uh, Terrence Ross, punk ass motherfucker. Um, and Danny green, who I must admit was on my list until a few hours ago. Ho, 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 ho. Danny Green was on your list? At the bottom, but yes. He was my number five. Can he even walk right now? <laughs> Do his Danny legs Green break? with no knees is better than Theo Pinson. That can't be the bar. I think I saw somebody say Danny Green was the bar in the group chat. And I was like, that can't be the bar. Cause then then I'm eligible. Cause in my opinion, like <laughs> I feel like I could give Theo a bucket or two. Danny Green was on my list. So maybe it's a good thing that he got uh snatched up by the Cleveland Cavaliers because I'd have got roasted by Bibbs otherwise. So <laughs> so um <laughs> I think the way I want to do this is I go through my list. You go through your list, not the back and forth. Okay. 
uh, thing. I'll start from the bottom on my way up. Shout out to Drake. Anyway, <laughs> the Drake hater dropping Drake references. Okay. Can't anyway. avoid him. Only five players. Well, the max is five. He could have gone above five if you wanted, but I did five in an honorable mention. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> so my honorable mention is George Hill. Mm. Uh, we need a third ball handler, so to speak, uh, another point guard. I think George Hill, obviously, he's a veteran, been on winning teams. I uh, believe he can be a bit of a floor general, someone who's not going to be asked to do much, isn't going to be asked to score, can play a little bit of defense. He's older now, so he's not the defender he used to be. But uh, he can be a floor general, can facilitate, not going to be a guy that dominates the ball too much, can run the second unit. Uh, I don't expect – I expect him to get maybe 10 minutes a night, 15 on a good night when we really need him. Uh, but guy who wouldn't be asked to do much. That's just an honorable mention. So – my number five, Mr. NBA playing himself, Patrick Beverly. Now, <laughs> Patrick Beverly originally wasn't on my list because I forgot Patrick Beverly was around. But uh, kind of the same thing I mentioned with George Hill. He's been on winning teams pretty much his entire career. He knows what it takes to win and win in the playoffs and compete against the best teams. Uh, you know, if you're getting nothing from him, you're going to get defense. His shooting is a little spotty. That is a hundred percent correct. Um, you don't want him to be uh, a traditional point guard, so to speak, who's running the offense and has the ball in his hands. Cause that's not your offense will be shit. If, uh, if you have him do that, but his defense alone brings something to this team that we desperately, desperately need. Uh, well, not desperately, but in is one of our bigger needs. I look at him as a wing more so than a point guard. Uh, I look at him as playing a shooting guard position off of Kyrie or off of Luka uh, coming off of the bench. So uh, Patrick Beverly will help the team a lot. I'm not sure if the Mavericks are going to be interested once he gets bought out, but uh, we'll see. My number four. Um, Dwayne Detman, uh, older guy, if I'm not mistaken, he's around 33, 34 years old. Um, I could be off there, but probably around the same age as JaVale McGee. Um, a guy who, as far as interior defense, he's more so than a rim protector, as opposed to a guy who's going to body up with bigs down low because he does have a slim frame, but he can also stretch the floor a bit too, which, is something outside of Maxi Kleber, that combination of rim protection and stretching the floor we don't have. And it's very rare in this league as well, which is why it's so valuable. So Dwayne Detman is going to be a valuable asset on the trade deadline. I think he's going to be a backup option for teams who miss on another guy who's in the buyout market. Uh, but we'll get to that. Number three, newly added to the list, Stanley Johnson. Uh, I've seen a lot of Mavs fans saying this. I am kind of biased because as a rookie, 
I was a huge fan of Stanley Johnson. I saw him in a summer league. I saw that guy's defense and I was like, holy shit, the Pistons got a fucking gym with this dude. And he turned out to be a complete bust. He, he was ass. Like the dude sucked. I thought he was out of the league at one point. He probably was. Um, he was just waived by the Spurs, I think. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, waived by the Spurs. Going to be honest, I haven't paid pretty much any attention to the Spurs this season, so I did not know he was on a team. Obviously, I know he's still a defender. I know he played pretty solid for the Lakers in his uh, stint there, but something that popped out to me was that he's shooting 45% from three. So I said, okay, context is everything. Let me go look up how many shots he takes a game. 1.3 three-point attempts averaged uh, per game. That's fine with me. That means we don't need him to shoot a lot of threes anyway, because to be honest, he's not going to be playing that many minutes, maybe eight minutes a game. But those eight minutes are key. He's a defender, a wing defender with wingspan and length. He's about six foot seven. So he can guard twos, threes, small ball fours. We can use him in areas like that to where we don't have to put guys like Josh Green on small ball fours or rely on Christian Wood to defend the four position. So I think Stanley Johnson will be valuable to the team. I hope the Mavs are interested, uh, to be quite honest. If Stanley Johnson is here, I do not think that takes away from Theo Pinson's minutes, unfortunately, but I mean, it is what it is. My number two is, is pretty controversial. Um, I tweeted out a few days ago that there is a player in the buyout market that I wanted nothing to do with initially, but I had slowly talked myself into it. And that is my number two. I do not think this will happen because every report I've seen of the teams interested, our name has not come up. My number two is Russell Westbrook. If y'all can see the look on Bibbs' face right now, I cannot tell if it's disappointment, annoyance, or sane. But here's my pitch. Because I know people listening are like, oh, what? No, he's a cancer, this, that. First of all, Russell Westbrook is a fantastic teammate. I don't care what anyone says. Every team the dude has been on, Nothing but nice things said about him. I hate what the Lakers did to him and tried to, to garnish his, not garnish, ruin his reputation. Aside from that, I'm talking about him as a player. He hesitated to take a bench role in on the Lakers. Maybe his mindset is, I'm looking at these guys starting ahead of me. I'm better than them. Why should I sit on the bench? On the Mavericks, he's looking at Kyrie and Luka. Realistically, ego aside, you can't say, I deserve to start over either one of those guys. You accept the bench role. We get Russell Westbrook off the bench. A solidified six-man, a guy who was in six-man-of-the-year conversations on the Lakers when he was moved to the bench this season. Let me tell you why it's a better fit than the Lakers. Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic are both on the bench. Let's just say Luka's just on the bench. Kyrie is playing shooting guard off-ball, which we clearly know he's able to do. Westbrook is running the point. Westbrook is a bit of a floor general. He can run the offense. We know that. Triple-double on any given night, bench or starting position. 
he's surrounded by shooters on this team, something he did not have in Los Angeles, something we know has benefited Russell Westbrook in his career. Now, he's not the finisher at the rim that he once was, but we don't need him to be. If Russell Westbrook can give us 12 to 13 points per game, that's a W in my opinion. Now, I'm worried about his defense. And I don't mean his ability or lack of to play defense. I mean his lack of participation on defense. It bothers me. But I think it's a risk worth taking if he can give us everything we need on offense, rebounding, and playmaking. Think about the fact that Luka misses games. Kyrie misses games. If Kyrie misses a game, we're worried, oh, man, now, now we just got Luka as the ball handler. Now we just got Luka as a guy who can take over. Now we have Westbrook. Vice versa, Luka misses a game. I think Westbrook and Kyrie is a better match or fit than Russell Westbrook and Luka. And you're also thinking, damn, you just gave this crazy pitch. Why isn't he your number one? It's because my number one is Nerlens Noel. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to get bought out. There's been talks of it, especially considering uh, the minutes Jalen Duren has been getting, Isaiah Stewart, and the fact that they possibly are getting James Wiseman. Um, we need rim protection. He's slim, like Dwayne Detman, isn't going to body up with guys in the paint. But if you're driving to the paint, you see Nerlens Noel, you think twice, I think. If you're driving the paint, you see Christian Wood or Dwight Powell, you thinking, okay. So those are my five. Pat Bev, Dwayne Detman, Stanley Johnson, Russell Westbrook, Nerlens Noel. Kick it to you now, Bibbs. Almost triggered the the switch up on, on, on the voice tip, but I caught myself, caught myself. I'm sorry, so, what voice tip? Almost went to Weatherman. So, oh, okay. Yeah. That's better than all right. Um All right, good list. I ain't mad at it. Um only one name different. Hmm. I think only one name different. Different okay. list though. Different order though. Different order though. Okay. Um so when I approach this, I'm looking at what do we need and what do we need for me kind of has shifted a little bit based on the way these last couple of games went. Um, defense is, is ass right now. Defense is ass. We're ass at multiple spots. We're ass at the point of attack because we only have one and a half players I trust at the point of attack right now. We're not playing Frank. Because Theo Pinson got to get minutes, so it's Josh, it's it's Reggie Bullock, and Reggie Bullock does seem to have been picking it up at least on the off ball tip lately, but we know he hasn't been performing like we expected, and Josh Green can't do everything. Uh, we're looking at who we got to face, and now with the Suns having KD. We need, I, I think, a longer defender type. If we're not going to play Frank in that role, do we need another longer defender that can can get in Kevin Durant's way, if not actually guard him? Because, you know, at, he's still KD. You just got to get in his way and make him take the, the, the longer shots versus being able to get to wherever he wants. So with that established, 
point of attack defense, big wing, and center. All, all needs, in my opinion, rim protection, rebounding in the paint. Toughness, really. Um, if we're focusing solely on the buyout market, the last one, and that's where I get to the JaVal McGee thing. JaVal McGee pretending to be a serviceable player from time to time makes it hard to prioritize the center situation because it makes me feel like the Mavs are going to feel like when it comes time to use him, that he'll be useful or able, he'll, they'll be able to do so. So I'm starting with the centers first because uh, I think that's the last on the list. So guys, you already named. I'm not going to take a ton of time on that since I spent a ton of time on the intro. The first will be in Dwayne Dedman at number five. Uh, all the same stuff you said. I would love somebody with a little bit more body, but we got to work with what we got. Uh, available to us at this point. So Dwayne Dedman, a solid guy. He doesn't he's, he's not on the Shackton highlights as far as I'm aware. Uh, as you mentioned, he could also step outside, so he's not just a guy that's looking to roll to the basket, um, which flow fits with our offense with the way we want to attack. Um, the other one, Nerlens Noel. Again, you mentioned stick figure, but he is uh, he does take defending the rim personal so he can at least challenge some shots on the inside getting away uh he can also get on the roll game as well um we're not going to be asking him to be our starter our guy so it's not the same as when he was here before <laughs> uh the expectations are a lot lower Finally, let's get to the, the the fun ones. Number three on the list, point of attack defense. You mentioned it already, Patrick Beverly. Um, De'Aaron Fox is very quick. Jack be nimble. Jack be quick. Jack was getting to the midi at will last night. And uh, I, I just need somebody else that we could throw at him to, to get on his nerves a little bit. And if Patrick Beverly isn't what he used to be on that end, he's still annoying. So if with the mental aspect of it, the mental aspect of him talking in your ear, <clears throat> annoying you is good enough for me. Number two, this is where we got somebody different. I think your different one was number two also on your list. Um, Alec Burks. I don't know if it's actually going to happen, but he was on some of these lists for potential buyout candidates. If so, then not going to call him a point guard, but the Knicks were starting him at point guard. So he can handle the ball a little bit. Uh, He's a heady veteran takes the right shots. Basically he's the, the opposite of Tim Hardaway jr. In that same role. Uh, Tim takes all the dumb shots. Alec Burks takes all the right shots. Tim can't really dribble, even though his dad is a basketball guy with the handles. Alec Burks can dribble a little bit. Uh, Just a steady veteran. And if they were so hard up for Terrence Ross, then they definitely should be interested in Alec Burks should he become available for that type of role. And then finally, the the other guy that you mentioned, I think he was lower on your list, but number one on mine is Stanley Johnson. Um, again, mentioned a big wing defender. 
I wanted Cam Reddish, had it in my head that we would have Cam Reddish at this point in the season. Did not happen. <clears throat> so Stanley Johnson is is the next uh, best potential candidate. He is 26. He'll be 27 soon. So it could be a situation where if it works out, maybe he ends up with a new contract with us and, and sticks along, sticks around. Uh, we're going to have a lot of open spots next year. It's a perfect opportunity to try some guys out. Um, and since you did an honorable mention or whatever, I'm going to do an honorable mention. Um, I wasn't going to do it because it felt very uh, biased. But I would be interested to see if Chris Silva stick around. We talked about Nerlens Noel and Dwayne Dedman. I, I, it's, I, I'm hard pressed to say that Chris Silva can't do the things that we want from them. The, the big market is slim. If I can get a younger guy to also rebound, because that's, that's what he's known for, getting on the glass, doing the dirty work, blocking shots. He's young. He runs the floor. Uh, he can pick and pop. He can pick and roll and get up and get it which them old folks ain't doing no more. I I don't think we I I accept the idea of getting a veteran, but if if they like what they're seeing in practice and they decide they want to give him that contract, I would not be upset. And I would be interested to see if he can earn some minutes down the stretch of the season in that scenario. All right. Um, I wasn't expecting the Chris Silva thing. Well, as the honorable mention, I didn't think that's where you were going to go because he's literally already off the team. When? Since when? Didn't his 10-day contract is up, is it not? And they release him? They gave him another one. Oh, okay. I didn't see that. All right. Cool. Okay. Um, So what do you think about my Russell Westbrook pitch? So I left him off my list because I accepted he's not coming in that he wouldn't be coming here. I think they said the Bulls and Heat were his and Clippers, and he was leaning towards the Bulls, which I'm not mad at because I think that gives him an opportunity to start. Yeah, <laughs> and be a hero like he was in Washington, even though people seem to forget. I personally hate the way that Russell Westbrook is being done. I agree. I'm a guy that hated Russell Westbrook for a long time. I've always loved Russ. Um, I hated him. When KD left, the shift began, and my girl liked him and made me like focus on you know, the passion that he played with. And then I was like, you know what? Russ is actually the type of player that I should love. Like, I think I hated him because it was the Thunder, and I thought they were going to block Dirk from getting a ring. At one point in my life. Well, that was Mark Cuban and Donnie Nelson. But. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, I was like, they they young. They about to pass us. Like, Dirk ain't get to the chip yet. Uh, but then we got him in 2000. I mean, the rest is history anyway. But, uh, yeah. I, and then the way, again, he had some rough patches. You know, he, they, they didn't give him enough to work with in OKC. It didn't work out with Oladipo, Sabonis, like those guys. It didn't work out. We saw them go on to become all-stars elsewhere. They blame Russ for that. He bounces around. He ends up in Washington, puts the team on his back, 
playing through injury, makes the playoffs with that team, no love, gets traded. And I don't blame Washington for the trade because the Lakers were fucking stupid for doing it. Oh, he went to Houston before Washington. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I skipped over that. I oh, okay. Said, cool. I, said I, know if you, I know if you did it on purpose or not. Yeah, okay. I said he bounced around. Okay. Um, I, I thought it was – I mean, yeah, like I said, I, I thought the Lakers were stupid for doing the trade. I didn't think he fit what they were doing, and they gave up a lot to get him. Um, I, I felt bad for him because I knew it wasn't going to work, and I knew they were going to blame him. So the idea of him joining what we got going on would excite me solely for the fact that I would get to cheer for him and not just pop up to defend him when I see people trashing him when he doesn't deserve it. Don't be. <laughs> I don't want to tell people how to how to fan, but it's going to be a lot of revisionist history on how Westbrook was treated once he's done, I feel. I feel like there's going to be a lot of revisionist history on his career when he's done. And I don't think it's fair. Um, Especially in this culture where it's like ring culture and it's like, Oh, you ain't got no ring. Oh, you ain't won. You ain't done this. You ain't done that. And we have to realize Russell Westbrook is a winning player. Like, can we, let's not forget what we, what he did in 2016, 17 with that thunder team. Do y'all know who was on that thunder team? Like Alex Abrinas, like, Come on, man. Like, Russell Westbrook, and it's always going to be like, oh, KD couldn't win in OKC because of Russell Westbrook. Well, that's not the case. They just wasn't a good fit. They couldn't get it done. Russell Westbrook didn't blow a 3-1 lead on his own. Go back and watch those games. I went, and actually, that's one of the things I did because I felt like Westbrook took shots he shouldn't have taken in a lot of games for them. But when I look back and I, I saw, you know what? KD actually was kind of fucking up. Yeah. Taking shots he shouldn't have. So when I look back at it, I realized I was I was I was blindly hating. And I was a KD guy. I was a KD fan till he went to Golden State like a bitch. Yeah. Emphasis on the bitch. That's why I had to say how I said it. Um I have no love for KD. I have no respect for his accomplishments as I, I don't need. I just even he was the best player on goal, he was fucking uh front running. Like, let's let's keep it on front running like shit. Talking shit to Braun. Like, I ain't even gonna get started on it because I ain't about to say he didn't yeah. defend LeBron either. The but, most impressed I was with him was in that that Bucks net series. That's the most impressed I've been with him in a postseason season. I agree. Um, yeah, I just even with the whole going to the Suns thing. Last offseason, he requested a trade to the Suns and Heat. And it's like, oh, he requested a trade to the two number one seeds. Right. Like, come on, man. But we ain't talking about oh. Kareem. We talking about Westbrook. Uh, I'm a big Westbrook fan. I don't like the way he was treated. Uh, he saved the Wizards season. Like you said, he was dominant on that team. He was the best player on that team. And he turned that season around. He was dominant on the Houston Rockets once that offense opened up. The Lakers, everyone on the planet knew that Russell Westbrook wasn't a good fit for that Lakers team. He was there to be a scapegoat. He was there to be a scapegoat when LeBron James isn't the guy he used to be and can't carry teams anymore and Anthony Davis can't stay healthy. He was a scapegoat. That's all it was. Uh, I am disappointed that he's going to Chicago because it makes me think he doesn't want to win and he cares more about starting 
than winning. That does disappoint me. I think it's the I think he's the reverse KD, and he wants to get it out the mud. That whole team, I I don't know what he expects to do there because that's a terrible fit. Like him and Demar Derozan. I think Russell Westbrook's problem, as far as perception, is his desire to win is so great that he's willing to do everything even when he shouldn't have shouldn't be doing certain things like he will do go all out to fill the gaps if nobody on the team can shoot he's going to try to be the shooter type of thing and he shouldn't be doing that but that's what he's going to do I'm not sure how it's going to work either but if he's going to be a facilitator in that team I I I can I can live with it if he's going to be a leader in the locker room to tell those dudes to relax and let's let's play ball let, like let's do this the right way. All they got to do is get to that eight, and they're not that far back. Um, uh, let me go look at the standings. Actually, if he joined the Bulls, I would almost be willing to put money on them at least making the play in. And I'm gonna look at where they're at in the playoffs. They're number ten seed right now. They're two and a half games back at Atlanta. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if they got to the playoffs with Russell Westbrook. I wouldn't be surprised either. Uh, I think I would like him better on the Clippers just, just as a Russ fan. The Clippers I thought was going to be the, the, the choice for him. I was actually surprised that they, they removed off of his list pretty quickly, especially with PG recruiting. Them. I know they cool. So um, it is what it is though. Uh, he was on my list. I didn't have Alec Burks on my list because I didn't like hear his name. I heard like people with you no know, like just fans saying, oh, yeah, what about Alec Burks? I didn't know if he was actually um, a candidate because I know the Pistons saying, no, nah, we still want to we still want to c- keep a competitive team, keep competitive players. So I know Alec Burks has been good for them. I didn't know if, uh, if that was an option. He definitely would have been on my list. But yeah, they're um, fighting right now against the Raptors. Um, hopefully. Who fighting right now against the Raptors? The Pistons, uh, Burks and Bo- Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Work. It's a three point game. Ten seconds left. Um, hopefully the Mavs can can get in on the buyout market. If not, you know, it is what it is. It's not going to make or break us. It's just something that that can help the team uh, in the long run. Um, I'm gonna take a quick ad break, and when we come back from the ad break, we're gonna get into the mailbag. And then we're going to get into the closing segments. Mavs fans, the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fool your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all major action for baseball, golf, MMA, basketball, of course, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Obviously, this summer, Around the summertime, you'll have the NBA playoffs. The best of the best, the best teams are the best, the best players are the best. Obviously, me, along with y'all, I'm sure, 
We'll keep an eye on the Dallas Mavericks if they happen to be in it. The new addition to Kyrie Irving has clearly opened up a lot of options for players on the team. So a lot of overs for guys like Kyrie as far as assists, rebounds, guys like Josh Green as far as assists, rebounds, and even points. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Now, last week, the tweet was put out on the Mavs Outsiders podcast account, the Twitter account. Um, we were going to do a mailbag episode, but the Kyrie news dropped and the entire podcast changed. So we're moving it to this week. I put the tweet out. You drop your questions and we answer them on here. We've done this before. Me and Bibbs are ready. We got 15 of these, so we're not going to linger too long on the answers. We're going to try to speed through them as fast as we can. Uh, if we see repeat questions, we'll read them out. We'll shout y'all out, but we'll keep it moving. So. First question from at Miss 70, well, Miss Layla, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be, but it's a play on it. Miss 77 ELA. I, I thought that was supposed to be like Layla, but I always read it as that for some reason. Anyway, <laughs> that's not her name. <laughs> I, I don't know why I always read it as that. My brain just does that. Anyway, um, <clears throat> Who do you think should be starting with Luke and Kyrie, Wood or Powell? Uh, quick answer for me, Powell. Um, I, if the option is those two, Powell. I would rather have Wood off of the bench. I wanted Wood to start back when he was the second best player on the team, but he no longer is. He's not even the third now, to be honest. But, um, yeah, with Luke and Kyrie, it's better for Wood to come off the bench. I don't know what the hell is going on with Christian Wood. I don't either, man. But the way he's been looking since he came back from his injury, he can stay on the bench. He making us look bad. <laughs> he, 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 messing, he messing up everything for everybody. He got us looking bad in front of SJ, man. <laughs> like, Get your goofy ass back up the court on defense. Stop complaining on every single possession. He had the one possession where the ball was turned over or something in front of him. And if he had just started sprinting back, he would have prevented what ended up being a lob dunk, but instead he just stands there with his arms up like, bro, who, you are not Luca. Get your ass up the court. You trying to earn a contract. What are we doing? Y'all know when y'all hear that, that, that loss in Bibb's voice, when, when he talking, y'all know he mean that shit. Um, yeah, man, the SJ allegations is looking, looking, looking positive right now. Like, I don't think he stinks. He's not a bum, but it's, do you care about winning or you care about your stats? Like that's Christian Wood. It's, and I remember Dwight said, he said, I've talked shit about everybody on this team. And it isn't until I started talking shit about Christian Wood that motherfuckers are coming in his DMs. And I'm like, damn, Christian Wood got stands like that. I'll tell you right now, I've been a supporter of Christian Wood this season and it hasn't been blindly. Everything I've said, I've believed. But brother, my brother in Christ, I say this with love in my heart. Get your shit together. 
before you be walking this offseason. And not because you want to, because we ain't offering you shit. You ain't getting paid this offseason playing like this. You want to be on a winning team? Start playing like it. Next. From, I have breaking news if you want to want me to drop it. Drop it. Uh, Woes just tweeted that uh, the Warriors are upholding the trade. So these dudes can finally go to the teams that they were traded to. Okay, that's that's good to see because I wanted James Wiseman out of there. I didn't want him in Detroit because it's like it's still a log jam at center in Detroit. They just drafted Jalen Duren, who looks good. I just, I don't, I don't. yeah, they. Hold on, what the hell just happened? I got other breaking news. Okay. Uh, the Mavericks are interested in adding Justin Holiday. If he ends up being bought out, that is fantastic. That fits the wing defender. So yeah, he would have been on my list. He would have heard list. his name. Yeah, uh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, he probably would have been number two on my list to be quite honest. Um, okay, moving on. Next question at Dalton Richard seventeen. What the success for the rest of this year look like, hypothetically? The, the two questions, basically. What would success for the rest of this year look like? And the second one, hypothetically, what would have to happen for you to push the panic button this offseason? Okay, let me answer the second question first. The only way I'm pushing the panic button this offseason is, is if Luca requests a trade. Otherwise, there's no need to panic, in my opinion. I agree. Um Panic button, yeah, will be if Luca's pissed. Yeah, um, this uh, kind of messed up. Eh, no, I, I already went over it. Like, if Kyrie decides to walk and a team can absorb him in the space, then we have cap space. Yeah, that's so. Funny. And if they can't, we get a signing trade. Right. So I, that that won't be a loss in my eyes. Uh, Christian Wood walking, damn sure it won't feel like a loss right now. Yeah. Um, cap space. <laughs> Frank Neal, Akina, Theo. Oh, here we go. Here's a joke answer. If Theo Pence gets another fucking contract, I might panic. Well, panic because he's getting it. He's getting another. You better get a coaching contract. I'm tired of looking at it. He's getting another contract. And I'm going to tell you why Theo Pence might be important to this team. Man, shut. This motherfucker somehow. I've never seen a bum have so many connections and respect around the league. Fire Michael Finley and give him. Give Theo Pence his job then. Like, I'm, I, I don't got to see him in a uniform, man. This is bullshit. Look. Chris Paul was doing an interview and mentioned his... You know what, we ain't about Donovan that. Mitchell was uh, defending him last night. Like, don't make no damn sense. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Moving on. <laughs> Boy got to the league and started networking. Like, shout <laughs> out to the hustle, man. The grind is crazy. What the success the for basketball the rest- grind ain't, but the rest of the off court grind. There is no basketball grind. Legendary. What the success for the rest of this year look like? Making the playoffs. Not the play in, making the playoffs. Getting out of the first round. Out of the first round, yeah. Yeah. I- I think coming into the year, I said I wouldn't necessarily see a first round loss as a failure based on how the offseason and whatnot went. Now, I would say losing in the first round will be a failure. A huge failure, for sure. 
So getting to the second round, bare minimum. Uh, home court will be great. Not necessary, but getting yeah. out of the first round for sure. All right. Next question <clears throat> comes from Grant Slingerland at Sunday Money 824. What are y'all wearing to the parade? What will I be wearing at home during the mass parade? Um, probably, probably a Kyrie or Josh Green jersey that the Dallas Math Shop told me is going to take six or eight weeks to ship if I get one. Uh, I'm, I'm. I don't care about the parade. I'm <laughs> That's not something I get. Moving on. At all. Next question comes from Jose, or as he likes to call himself on Twitter now, Kukukan. I'll, I'll fuck with it, Loki. <laughs> I'm he pretty sure he spelled it wrong. I'm going to be quite honest with you. He got uh, some representation. I'm here for it. I'm pretty sure it's spelled wrong, but I never want to tell him that. At Paradox Killer 23, did y'all have any prior expectations before the season? If y'all did, did those expectations change? Throughout these last four games with Kyrie now on the team, I think we kind of just spoke about. Oh, so we just answered that. Thing. Yeah, we we just <laughs> answered that. Um, so yeah, next one uh, comes from Rest in Peace Doe. All right, um, <laughs> Shit. At, his name is at Maving a Bad Day. Mm. Like that. Wondering how important having Frank as a defensive wing will be come playoff time. Mm. If we don't pick anyone up on the buyout market, it will be extremely important. I think it will either way, because when you're dealing with a KD, you're going to need guys that can get fouls. So I I think and we saw what he did to Booker last year. So worst case scenario, if we can't use him on KD, we can use him on Booker. And if like Josh Green has become an important piece to our offense, we don't want him to get in foul trouble trying to guard Booker or, or KD. That's fair. Um, next question. Come from Jose Montelion at J Montelli. This is a wrestling question, so I guess I'll be the one to answer this. Should Sami Zayn the throne reigns? No, he should not. He could. I would love to see it, but should he? No. That was basically like Spanish. I had to take a second to think. <laughs> About what words you just said. So yeah. Matt, I was about to say something, but I'm gonna come off as a dipshit if I say it. So I'll say it off air. Okay. Um next question uh from, comes from narcissistic nerd at Sean underscore MFFL. What should be the bill mm, what should be the biggest challenge for the team this offseason, other than a potential resign of Kyrie? And should he move on from the team? What buyout candidate should Dallas target? Well, if it's this offseason, it won't be a buyout candidate. It'll just be a free agent. Um, first part, he was saying, what should be the biggest challenge for the team this offseason other than a potential resign of Kyrie? Uh, filling out the roster around him, uh, whether Kyrie resigns or not, that should be your goal. Filling them out with real talent, not the shit that Donnie Nelson was doing. <laughs> Is that your whole answer? Yeah. Yeah, I would say uh, <laughs> if Kyrie, you know, outside of the Kyrie thing, yeah, fi- figuring out what this roster looks like. Because, again, Christian Wood's a free agent, so do we want him back? 
Um, it's leading towards not <laughs> at this point. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to scan free agency, but I think just adding depth, we need a, no, a big man, man. We need a big man. We need a legitimate big man that can, can start, can be a deterrent in the paint and dunk the basketball hard. Like that's, that's going to be the key for me. I, again, I haven't paid attention to the, the free agent market. I haven't paid attention to who might be available via trade, but that's, in my opinion, the biggest area of need on the team right now. The, the, the area of need where we don't have anybody. The rest of it is depth. That's the area of need that we just have not filled. I think we need a specific archetype of big man, too, not just a big man. You got a description? A rim protector, period. Yeah, like yeah. a dirty work big. Yeah. With some body to him, some yeah. cheeks. All right. Next. Comes from MoJ at MoJV3. What do you think we plan to do in free agency? Kind of, kind of what we uh, kind of what we just said. We could cover some of the other stuff. Like, do you think they'll bring back Wood at this point? I don't think they'll bring him back. Um, I don't think he wasn't traded because the Mavs want to keep him. I think he was traded because the Mavs are the were asking for too much for him or he just had no value around the league and both are a possibility. Uh, I think if the Mavs didn't trade him because they wanted to keep him, we'd have heard talks of a contract extension, which we heard for like a day or two, and that was it. Um, Especially if he continues to play this way. um, Yeah, he's not going to. He's not going to be a Mav, which is fine with me. Yeah. um, I, what was the question again? What was the what do you think we plan to do in free agency? I'm curious what we plan to do. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I think we do want to re-sign Kyrie as it stands today. Um, I don't know if I should out the homie. I'm going to out the homie. Mavs PR is being very protective of Kyrie Irving. I ain't going to say a name, actually, now I'm thinking about it. Mavs PR is being very protective of Kyrie Irving. It could be they just want to manage it for the rest of the year, but uh, if they plan to keep him, then... It could be they're trying to just manage him in general and make sure that he's protected from people trying to to get salacious stuff out there about him. So um, I think they do plan to retain him, and I do think they plan to probably get Josh Green his extension as early as possible because as it stands, the way he's balling, that money only going to increase the longer they take to get that extension done. Prices of the brick going to go up. Um I think what they plan to do in free agency all depends on whether Kyrie resigns or not. That's the first, that's the first domino um, that changes everything, whether he signs or not changes everything, changes the plans. Um, so moving on. Next question comes from Zoffrey at Zoffrey Z. That's Z E E. Do we see Josh eventually averaging close to 20 points per game? And if so, how does that impact the type of players the Mavs surround him, Luca, and Kyle with? I think we could get to that, that point. Um, from what I'm saying with from him, and he's not gonna be like a oh, I'm creating 20 points per game type of guy. Like he's gonna get his buckets off of Luca and Kyrie and benefiting from them getting majority of the let me put it this way. Opportunistic buckets. Clay Thompson buckets. 
And obviously, Clay Thompson is, in my opinion, the second greatest shooter that ever lived. I don't mean exactly that way, but you don't see Clay Thompson dribbling a lot. You don't see Clay Thompson isos. You don't see Clay Thompson creating shots for himself off the dribble a lot. You see him getting opportunistic buckets, and he probably does it better than anyone in NBA history. But I see it in that manner. Maybe that's a bad comparison. If you get where I'm going with it, I, I, I hope y'all do. But that those are the kind of buckets I see Josh getting. Uh, if he doesn't get the 20 points per game, the least, I think, is 18 points. Uh, Go to that, Huh? Oh, I was going to answer. Uh, you want to answer the second part first? Yeah, I was about to say, how does that impact the type of players the Mavs surround him and Luka with? I, doesn't think, I don't think it changes um, anything. I just... No, nah, I don't think it changes anything. I think we should still surround him with the same type of players because Josh is one of those kind of players we wanted to surround Luca with in the first place. So why not try to continue that trend? Josh just does it as a higher level than most role players. Yeah, so with regard to him getting to 20 points a game, uh, pull up your basketballreference.com tab and search the name Dennis Johnson. Look at his career numbers. That was my projection for where I wanted Josh to get and it's looking more and more like that's what he's going to be what he's going to do at this point so I think Dennis got I don't know if he crossed 20 but he was in the 18 19 range for the majority of his prime years that's that's where I'm looking at Josh being um and again it's those up he's not necessarily drawing up plays for Josh but He's going to be there. He's going to be open. He's going to cut. He's going to get putbacks. He's going to get offensive rebounds. He's going to get out in a fast break. He's going to get all the dirty work points and on top of the catch and shoot threes. So if he's if he's hitting three threes a game, getting two layups or dunks and a couple floaters off the penetration or four free throws, then, yeah, it's, that's <clears> the easy, easy path. I told you, like baseline 10, like a bad game is going to be 10 points for him in a couple of years. If not, it might, might already be where he's at, but 10 points is a bad game. 20 points. It could be a, could be an, with the way we move, the way offensive flow right now, um, the way the game is, I know we play slow, but the way the game is sped up compared to how it was back in those days. Uh, I like it for him. I, I, I like, I like getting close to that 20 as far as how it affects the team building, I think it puts less of a need or push for us to get that third scorer, in my opinion, because, you know, the big talk, one of the guys that was talked about was OG and Anubi. And I know I said, like, I I didn't want to trade Josh for him or I wouldn't do a trade of Josh for him because I thought Josh could get there in two years. Josh might be there already. So Obi is really not that great on offense to begin with. So. That's what I'm saying. So, but he was a guy that was already averaging 15, 18 points. And I didn't know if Josh could get there with it I, that quickly, but it looks like he might already be there. So now I'm like, fuck OG Ananobi. Um, go get, now we can focus on that four or five position uh, as far as adding another dimension to the team offensively and defensively, being able to protect the paint and being able to put pressure on the rim with a big body. Yeah, I, um, this is the last thing I'll say because we already spent too much time on this question. Um, I think the, our, Josh's archetype, a guy who doesn't need the ball that much and doesn't demand the ball and doesn't dominate the ball, is the best kind of third best player to have next to a Kyrie and Luka. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Next question comes from a guy gifted. 
at Gifted X Blade, who is actually a Golden State Warriors fan. So uh, if you listen to this podcast and you're not a fan of the Mavs, shout out to you. We appreciate all the support. What do you want to see in terms of the offense being more creative? Example, do you want to see more actions with Luka as a screener with Kyrie? Yes. Yes, action. Actually, I was going to mention this earlier, but it slipped my mind. I want to see more Kyrie Luka uh, pick screener action, not pick whether it be pick and roll or Luka sets the pick, gets the mismatch, then posts up. Luka sets the pick and pops out. Kyrie sets the pick just to get the switch like two man game, two man action like that. I want to see more of that implemented. Obviously, it's going to take a while for, you know, that chemistry to work. But if we start working on it now, by the time the playoffs come, we'll have it now. Yeah, and I think we saw some of it late in the game. Um, clearing out the side, letting Luca post up with Kyrie on the wing. Um, that type of stuff. Like Luca being able to operate from the inside versus having to go from the perimeter. It's the same type of stuff I talked about with uh, Giannis before he got to where he is now. Is like him being able to drive the ball from the top of the key is great but it takes a lot more out of him. If he's able to work free throw line and in that, and that when he gets the ball, he can catch the ball and with a triple threat dribble, shoot pass in the, in the middle of the lane or from the paint, he's a much more deadly player and he has to get used to doing that more. But once Luca's a, a paint guy, he, he's in there like Jokic with the ball, looking at with guys moving around him, flying around him. And then we're going to get to a, a much more scary spot with this team personally. All right. Next question comes <laughs> comes from my guy Petty Pendergrass at D Streets eight fifteen. How do you feel about the way Dallas runs their offense? Feel like it can be very dribble, 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 kick out three, and that's it. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's been the offense most of the time with Luca. I think it does and is going to change more with Kyrie on the team you've kind of seen it in the last few games with and without that um dynamic duo together there's been more ball movement than anything uh so hopefully it changes because obviously dribble 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 kick out three doesn't win you a championship um but i do see it changing going forward i personally don't feel like it's been as dribble 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 as people try to make it sound um I feel like the ball, but between other people bringing it up, between Luca getting it off of dribble handoffs, it's it's just more of the fact that Luca has to have the ball no matter what way it is that's been the problem versus him actually dribbling. And he's either getting double teamed and passing that out of that, or he's going to the hole um, usually. He's not just ISO and trying to cross people over, over, and over. Uh, there are possessions like that, but I don't think that that's been the majority of the the way we play. Um, I personally am just excited about the idea of other players on the court being able to dribble. Okay. Period. So we can do more and pass, I should say, <laughs> versus these basic passes that a lot of them have to do. So, next question comes from at Lee J09. When are you, we talk Mavs, Matei and Gregor? going to do going to have a podcast together because that will be epic well that's also like six people <laughs> um, who's that last person uh gregor let me she she tags his at i believe it's 
at Greg Sasevi. Follow him. I'm not familiar with Gregor. He has a YouTube channel. The name is not ringing any bells. Apologies. Um, now you're going to make me look it up. He has a Mavs YouTube channel. So, yeah, I had to see what Gregor is about. But that will be a big podcast. Uh, I mean, I guess I could. Oh, okay, okay. we've, we've been trying to collaborate when we talk Mavs. We tried to do it before, but just times didn't work out. Uh, I think that would be perfect considering two of us are in Baltimore. It's like the almost the same dynamic. Um, uh, he's actually looks like Gregor is a Slovenian podcast. Okay, I had yeah, I could, I kind of yeah, I had a feeling that. Um, I'm not sure, but be on the lookout. I mean, we have done episodes. We've done two episodes with Matei so far, I believe. I was actually just on his podcast last yeah. week. Um, well, let me say this: I definitely want to do a crossover with we talk Mavs. I just don't want to. I like doing things that make sense. Yeah, I don't, don't want to do, do it a random do it. week. Yeah, week lab. Like I would want to do a big podcast with them, like something off season or something like that. Playoffs, whatever the case may be. Yeah, it's rare we collaborate during the season. It's anyway. It's hard one. And number two, like most of the stuff we're doing between the recaps and the regular weekly shows, if we bring in another person, like this show right now, we're going on what an hour and a half. Yeah. We bring in another person. That's a two hour plus that's long podcast. Two hour, two and a half hours. Nobody trying to do all that. So as opposed to in the off season where there isn't much to talk about anyway. Right. Yeah. Off season, I think, is probably the best, best option. And yeah. I hate putting people off, but that's I think that's gonna be best for both parties, actually. I agree. Next question comes from Dilly Bar at Dilly Wax 16. How did you guys meet and how did this podcast get started? I feel like we've answered this question a million times. So we gotta do it every now and then. We were coming up on every episode now 200, now. but whatever. Yeah. Um I'll just do the short version. Um we were, were obviously both Mavs fans. Uh, I was getting more connected with Mavs fans on Twitter. We would talk a lot on Twitter. He posted on Twitter one time, hey, who would like to come on my podcast, talk about Mavs? It was Bibbs Corner Podcast at the time. I said I would. He DM'd me. I was like, hey, you for real? I was like, yeah. I was thinking about starting my own podcast at the time. So that was my first piece of being on a podcast. We talked. It was only supposed to be for about 30 minutes. We went like an hour or a bit over an hour clicked instantly um i believe we did another one after that we did do another one after that before we started this one um we were both thinking about just starting mavs podcast at the time we decided to come together and do it uh thanks to something that dwight said on twitter um and we started the mavs outsiders and the rest is history pretty much think that that pretty much sums it up uh, i remember when you came on the pod like you said it wasn't it we did click instantly i had like a amount of time that i wanted all the because i was bringing a bunch of people on i was like, all right we're gonna knock it out this amount of time and we went over to the point where i think i had to make it two episodes or something yeah it was two episodes <laughs> so and then we talked even after we stopped recording so right <laughs> uh, it was like we we had known each other all our lives type of thing i did a similar thing with matei like the first time i talked to matei uh, we stayed up all night. Like I will remember, we did a part when we did a podcast with Matei. You stayed up all y'all stayed up all night talking. Like, <laughs> Matei's a cool dude, man. Yeah, I like Matei, man. All right, 
Uh, these last two are actually long. Okay. Um, <clears throat> next question comes from at Amarius. At Amarius Solar. Soleil. Not sure. I'm sorry if I'm butchering the name. C. Wood, Drama Queen. Tweets. <laughs> Wait, what is this? C. Wood, Drama Queen. Tweets and attitude overall had changed your views on him. By the way, I believe you have a relatively small but strong fan base. I'm from Barcelona, for example. Ah, oh, shit. Fans in Barcelona, okay? Shout out to you, man. Hola. I think... <laughs> what was that look? It was the way you said it. Like, what the... All right. I think you can make it really big as long as you make more pods be constant. I'm pretty sure you mean consistent. Reliable. Aso saludos. Okay. I mean, I'm pretty sure that means salute, right? Because you'd be doing the... Look, man, I watched La Casa de Papel. What the fuck is that? A minute, <laughs> but... I watched Cheetah Girls 2 a couple times, but I don't know. I, I can't speak Spanish. What the... What? What does that have to do with Spanish? They were in Spain for the whole movie. I'm going to let you rock. Have you not seen Cheetah Girls 2? What the fuck? <laughs> Girls, two, two. Oh man, I might have seen the first one by accident or something. Cheetah like, Girls two is better than the first one. What you mean? One of the few movies where the sequel is better. You so cool. you're my sister's age. D- y'all were in that age group when Cheetah Girls was thing was the thing. I was a little bit older than that, so I think I, I might have missed the second wave. You was in like high school. You were. I wasn't. How old were you? I was in like middle school. Okay, so yeah, I mean, like I said, I, it was a little bit. I think I saw the first one, but I ain't, I ain't know they went to Spain. I I missed that one. All right, fair enough. Um, I believe we kind of talked about this earlier. Uh, yeah, it has changed my views on him. Not his tweets. I like the tweets. I was like, hey, you got a chip on your shoulder, you know, carry that. Play as such, but he has not played as such. So uh, I missed the whole question. I don't know. Oh, Seawood, drama queen. Tweets and attitude overall had changed your view on him. They had. I, I was feeling very great up until recently. The last two games, to be honest. It feels really weird. Like, So I wasn't sure what his actual motivation was. I thought his motivation was to secure the bag. <laughs> it feels like his motivation might have actually been to try to get a new contract with us. But now it feels like we haven't offered him the contract that he wants and he's sulking. But in the meantime, if he keeps doing that, he's not going to get the bag from anybody. Facts. So I, I feel like he, he's going about it the wrong way at this point in time. If he's upset, I need him to lock back in. Like the way to secure the bag is to do everything right. Like you were doing the rest of the way. I agree. Uh, and if he doesn't, he's going to be on the first Playing out of here. Um, <clears throat> last question comes from Bergs at Bergs Mavs. How do you feel about Wood? He seems to have the fan base split in half. One half feels like he is our legit third option offensively, and the other half claims his numbers are fool's gold because he's not Matumbo defensively. <laughs> okay, we know who you're talking about. I personally think he's easily the best big we got. Um, I feel like that's a low bar. Uh, if Maxi is considered a big, I'm taking Maxi over Wood on this team. 
mm. uh, especially now that we have Kyrie. Uh, I don't agree with the whole he sucks and his stats aren't good because he's not Matumbo defensively, as you said. Um, but uh, I know SJ has spoken. Well, SJ, we know SJ hates Christian Wood, but she has spoken a bit in the white as well. Like, yeah, he gets these stats, but it doesn't convey to winning basketball. Um, which fairly is true, but he's been on bad teams. Um, if you want to look at this team as as a comparison, or I know people like to say, oh, see, when Luca's out and Christian Wood plays or Christian Wood starts, he's not the the team doesn't win or whatever. And I mean, I get it, but um, yeah, we kind of just talked about this. Just the way he's been playing recently has soured me on him a bit, and he needs to get his act together. <clears throat> Long story short, I I think the the he's a player that's in a position where if you hate him, you you have plenty to hate. Yeah. If you love him, you have plenty to love. He the the answer is somewhere in the gray. To be honest. Uh, I have not been as hard on him defensively as many have because my expectations are realistic. I don't expect him, like the buddy said, to turn in and tumble all of a sudden. I feel like he was working. He was contesting. He was trying before the injury. Uh, I feel like I've been waiting for Maxi to get back so I can see that pairing where Maxi can clean up some of those mistakes and then the flaws won't feel as bad as they are starting to get worse, but they won't feel as bad as they maybe had to some of the the people that have been been dying to hate. Um, what was the last part I wanted to say? If he can't lock back in to where he was earlier in the season, none of this is going to matter. But if he does, I think he could be a very valuable piece. And if you have to pair him with a maxi to make him the most effective or efficient version of himself that's fine again i don't expect a player to be perfect i expect a player to do the things that they do well at a high level and be at least aware of their flaws uh and apologetic when necessary if that makes sense all right well it's time to move into our closing segments. We usually take a gap here, but we already did the ad break, so uh, we can move right into it. Um, the Mavs outside us unsung hero of the week. Uh, I thought about this for a minute, and I was like, uh, should I give it to this person? Should I give it to that person? I felt like I overthought it. Uh, I was overthinking it a bit, but I'm giving it to Josh Green. Um, you could argue, uh, is he really unsung? Because he's starting to get that recognition. Um, but the, the way he played this week, I had to give it to him. I could have given it to someone else. I thought about giving it to Jaden Hardy, but I felt Josh Green was more impactful and that was more important. Actually, I didn't feel like he was, I know he was, but, uh, that was more important to me. So the Mavs Outsiders Unsung Hero of the Week award is awarded to Josh Green he may be out of contention going forward. I'm not going to lie to you, but I feel like that will be petty because like he, he's not a Kyrie or a Luca, so he should still be eligible to receive the award. So uh, yeah, it is Josh Green's this week. So speaking of weeks, we're going to see what the week is like up ahead 
with our weekly forecast from our resident weatherman, Bibbs. What's the forecast? Hi, Reese. Uh, shout out to Josh Green. It's really weird. Uh, you know, we came up with an award to award our fringe NBA players for doing good things. All of a sudden, a guy starts looking like a regular player and he's not eligible anymore. That's, a, that's an interesting thought. Uh, anyway, uh, we're going to go ahead and get into that forecast. It is a short week, folks. The All-Star game is upon us, and it feels weird to say the Mavs have two All-Stars that are actually going to be uh, participating in the, the festivities, but let's get into it this week. First, on the docket on Monday, we're welcoming the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's Rudy Gobert. That's Mike Conley. The, 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 the Timberwolves are in an interesting position. They've got an All-Star in Anthony Edwards as well. They're going to look to make a late-season push. We're going to look to knock them on their tush. Uh, moving forward in the week on Wednesday, we're going to be going to Denver. <laughs> we're going to play the Denver Nuggets. They right now are running away with the West, and it'll be a nice test of the new look Mavericks before we head into the All-Star break to go into Denver and see if we can uh, give them a run for their money. Does anybody think they're going to take them, take their honey? Probably not. But uh, it'd be nice to see if we can give them a little scare to kind of set things up before we go down the stretch for the season. And after that, folks, we're going to be on a long break. That's right. Eight days before we're going to have another game. But we will have all star festivities all week on Sunday. You can see Kyrie and Luca competing in the all star game. It should be interesting to see if they end up on the same team or not. Race back to you. You should probably unmute yourself, buddy. I, I probably should do that. Thank you, Weatherman Bibbs. Um, oh, Shirley Ralph is singing at the Super Bowl. It's not the national anthem. I don't know what the fuck it is. Um, yeah, uh, interesting week coming up. Um, after this week, it's going to be much needed rest for the All Star game for this team. I think it's going to help us a lot. Um, predictions for the week. 2-0. I'm going to go 1-1. One one. I was thinking 1-1 one one because the Denver game is what worries me. But I think we can compete with them. I think we can win that game. It's going to be tough because it's on the road. If it was at home, I would 100% believe we could beat them. But, <clears throat> um, yeah, it being a road, road game is tough. But I do believe we beat Minnesota for sure. I don't know which game it is. I'm just going to say that I expect both to be challenging. For sure. For sure. But we'll see. So split them and I'll be happy. All right. Uh, I do have a question to ask you before I close this out. Don't close it out because I got a tweet to talk into. Oh, you have a tweet. It's a talking segment. That is correct. So before I ask you that question, I'll close I'll, I'll close that out. Or we can do it off. It doesn't matter. Uh, your tweet's a talking segment. I want to hear what this is about because you haven't even told me. You haven't given me a hint or anything. So I'm going to sit back. I'm going to mute. And I'm going to listen because I feel like you're about to rant. And I love your rants. <laughs> I don't know if this is about to turn into a rant. We'll see where the spirit takes me as we begin. But um, after the, the trade deadline has passed, a lot of teams look different than they did before the trade deadline. And one of those teams is the Phoenix Suns. And since the Phoenix Suns look different, the Phoenix Suns added Kevin Durant to their team. And suddenly Phoenix Suns fans dug out of their burrows to hop in my mentions 
talking crazy. Like, do y'all y'all forgot that quick? Y'all forgot that quick how stupid y'all look all summer, all off season, going into the season for running y'all's mouths. It, y'all got the dude ain't bounced the ball yet. Is he even healthy? I don't even know. I don't even know. Booker just coming back off an of injury. CP, I ain't gonna trash Maurice's dude. I, I ain't gonna do it. CP three needs some insurance for his knees because they he 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 not moving like he used to. Aiden still butthurt over his contract situation. I, I feel like I would be a little bit more humble than these Suns fans are, but you know what? I respect it. Your team was asked for a very long time. You got a little bit of talent on your little roster and you start smelling yourself. So I'm going to let y'all have y'all fun, but I'm also going to throw y'all to the wolves if you keep coming in my mentions on the bullshit and trying to rewrite history. So many stupid tweets in my mentions talking about, oh, y'all got one game, this and that. Like y'all didn't lose four out of five in a row. Like Luca didn't completely sun your team. Like he didn't have more points than your entire team at halftime of a game seven on your home court when you're the finals favorite. How stupid do you look talking shit right now because you got a, a dude who leg don't work and who runs from the grind as a for a living your team folded your boys didn't do shit when luca came in there laughing and giggling in y'all faces with your sons and four goofy ass fans in the stands crying y'all fans y'all were crying in the stands while luca laughed and giggled up and down your court dragging his nuts let me calm down i just feel like if i was a phoenix suns fan I might feel good that we added a great player to our roster. I think I would also just be a little bit more realistic about my expectations, considering what I previously witnessed from my team, knowing the health situation of our team and knowing how many players we just gave up to get this one guy who can't necessarily stay healthy as far as I'm concerned. But you know what? Keep talking your shit. We're going to keep flushing it. Reason. That last line was fucking fire. Keep talking your shit. We're going to keep flushing this crazy. I also love how you said, I don't know if this is going to turn into a rant and immediately turn into a rant like 15 seconds in. But <laughs> fantastic. I already knew where you was going with it because I saw the dudes in your mentions talking about the Suns. I saw the quote tweets and shit. So I agree 100%. I'm going to ask my question now. Though. Okay. Have you seen podcasts? Have I seen podcasts? No, your podcast. The Have You Seen Podcast? Oh, okay, okay. Are we reviewing The Last of Us at the end of the season? If you want to wait to the end of the season, sure. I, I wasn't sure how I wanted to do it. I mean, I know with Bel Air, we did like halfway point, then we did the end of the season. We did like three of them. Actually, we did like every three episodes, I think. We did? If I'm not mistaken. I think. I thought we just did two. You weren't there for one of them. Okay. All right. All right. I think it was just me and Shot on one of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you're correct. Um, But yeah, I do. I I am caught up and I am am enjoying the ride right now as a non-video game player. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I'm listening to some podcasts as well. 
and being very selective because they like to bring stuff out from the game that I don't necessarily want to know about. Um, I, I think, and I, I think one of them even mentioned that um, when you don't know the game, you're probably going to have more fun with the show. Yeah, I don't know the game and I'm having fun with the show. So Awesome. I think that'll work. I want to get, if we do it, I, w- I do want to get somebody that's familiar with the game as well. So I'll probably put a, put a call out. Okay. Uh, that's all I wanted to ask. Okay. You got anything to add before we close this thing out? I'll do it. Yeah, I'm, I might as well. So <clears throat> you'll be on this list, obviously, but I'm going to watch one more movie during the Super Bowl here because fuck football. Uh, if Lamar Jackson ain't on the field and, uh, after this movie, I'm gonna put my short list together for the awards. I was gonna break it down to nominees, but I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna give you all the short list so it's a little bit longer of a list. I already told you how it works. Um, you're gonna rank your top three basically, and don't vote on a particular one unless you've seen at least three of those movies. And uh should be able to get some nominees together based on people's results, and then at the end of the month. Bibs Corner or the Have You Seen Awards? Yeah, Bibs Corner Awards. Um, have you seen is just a movie podcast. Bibs Corner yeah. Awards. Bibs um, Corner is the brand. Facts. So <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna do the awards. Previously, the last time I did it was multiple years ago. Pandemic threw everything off. But the last time I did it, I had people send in audio clips to announce different winners. <clears throat> but I I might try to see if we can get at least a couple people on. And if let me know if you're interested in that. Okay. It'll, it'll be the last week of the month. Okay. All right. We don't, uh, we play on the 26th. We don't on the 25th. So technically I can record on the 25th. Did you sign up to review Cocaine Bear? Yes. So we probably could do it after the Cocaine Bear review or something like that. I, I, I need that Cocaine Bear review. Um. All right. Uh, the Super Bowl starts in 12 minutes. I have a 25-minute ride to get where I'm going. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're closing this thing out. Um, we will holler at y'all. When's the game? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Well, I'll let y'all tomorrow night for the post-game recap. Y'all stay toasty. I can't believe I just said that. Uh, actually, it fits. Yeah, it's cold out. Y'all stay toasty. Um, y'all be safe. Be blessed. Peace. Peace.